Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Late Night Vision Show, episode 197. It is uh, live right now. I'm going to tell you, this show is so big. And First of all, before we bring in Jason Robertson, owner of Outdoor Legacy Gear, we are back to Thermal Optics Review. After several weeks of being off, off of reviews and on SHOT Show and, and the Best Of series, uh, we have, we're back to it. This is our first review episode in a while, but this one's so big and we got two, uh, two optics that we're reviewing at the very same time. And we don't do that very often, do we, Jason? We don't. And, uh, I'm going to tell you something. If you ever need, uh, one of those guys that's like the, the barker outside the circus tent that gets people to come in, Hans is your man. Cause every Every episode is big. It's so, so big. And so, you know, I, I you like know, it. It's excitement. It is. I you like know, it. the the thing about it is, uh, and I need to keep up with my notes so I can tell people where to skip ahead to all this nonsense. <laughs> but uh, remember the old <laughs> ShamWow uh, guy, you know, that would do Yeah, the, the ShamWow the, guy. The oh, not, that guy seen was on like TV. My, that guy was my idol, man. I was just like. I'm not surprised. I, I was just, <laughs> every time I'd see him come on, t- on TV, my eyes were just glued. I, I just couldn't. Could not watch him. He was so entertaining, but yeah. Please tell me that you bought a ShamWow. Oh, I've got. I had ShamWows coming out my oh, everywhere. I, I figured. <laughs> yeah. I figured you were you you yeah you kept yeah. them in business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we are uh, today. We are doing a, a full review. This is of something that somebody's people have been asking out for a long time. Hey, where are the? Why haven't you reviewed the cabin binoculars? Well, if you've asked that question tonight and today is your day. It is the iRay Cabin CBL19 and the iRay Cabin CBL25, both of the iRay, the newest monoculars from iRay, and actually their very first uh, monoculars out in the market here uh, in the United States. And this is from iRay USA and Infrared Outdoors. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about this. We've kind of we've had these things for a while. We've been testing them for a while. You're going to see some video. Uh, playing as we talk about it but as always we're going to run over the specs we're going to talk about id ranges we're going to talk about our our likes and dislikes the pros and cons and also uh you know who uh our overall thoughts on it um and then we're not who it's good for because it's not really it's not really a scope so that that format doesn't really uh do anything for you but yeah we're going to talk about our overall thoughts all right so i've got a list of specs here and yeah, I'm going to be holding it I'm, up. Hold on. All right, I'm, good. I'll be holding it up while you're doing it. Good. Well, I'm glad because these specs are really, really small, and I don't <laughs> wear glasses, so I'm I may need some glasses. I think this is what the uh, the old guys call you know playing the trombone. I'm trying to get it close right. and far. These try are really to start small, with the 19 because so. that's the one I got handy right now. So oh uh, yeah. All right. So. I'm going to go over them at the exact same time, make this easy. So there is two units, as Han mentioned. We've got a CBL-19 and a CBL-25. Um, the 19 is a 19-millimeter lens. That's a f1.0 lens. Uh, the 25 is a 25-millimeter lens. Same thing, f1.0 fast lens. So the two units... Um, are, are just generally the exact same thing other than the diameter of the lens size and the magnification. And the diameter of the lens size is directly related to the magnification. So we'll go over that. Um, you know, basically all these specs I'm going to read, you know, we'll, we'll go for, for both of them unless I say different. Uh, it has got a 384 by 288 12 micron thermal imaging sensor. So resolution is 384 by 288. 
It's got a 50 hertz refresh rate. Um, it's running uh, the Matrix 3 uh, processor that uh, everybody's kind of familiar with from the other infrared and iRay units. Um, it's got a, here we go here, magnification. This is important. Mm -hmm. So the 19 is a 2 power, 2.0, 2 power base optical magnification. And the uh, 25 is a 2.5 power. And they both have a four times digital digital zoom. So you can zoom up, uh, you know, so I guess that would be, uh, well, I don't have the math. Uh, four, two goes to eight power. <laughs> and the two and a half, I have no idea what four times two. What is that? Ten goes to ten power. I hope that's right. Yeah, it is. Two and a half times four. So two to, ten, uh, two to eight, I'm sorry, and two and a half to ten um, with the digital zoom. A uh, field of view. So the field of view on the, the 19 uh, at 100 yards, the horizontal left or right field of view is 72 and a half foot, which is very wide. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, now this is something's going to throw some people off. The larger objective lens with the higher magnification uh, has a 55 foot field of view at 100 yards. A lot of people think, you know, larger objective lens, they go come from daytime optics. So they mm -hmm. think, oh, it's got a bigger field of view. Right. Actually, no. You go up in magnification, you lose field of view. And so uh, 72 and a half and 55 foot. 55 is still considered uh, a wide field of view. So you're good to go there. Um, detection range is a very, very long ways. A little over 1,000 yards on the 19 and around 1,400 is what they're saying on the 25. It's got an LCOS display screen. 1280 by 960 resolution on the screen. Now, let's be clear, folks. That is the resolution of the display screen, not the, the thermal sensor. Sometimes people get uh, confused there. And it's got several color palettes. we got white hot, black hot, red hot, um, like a color mode, and then a highlight mode. Um, it has got picture in picture. And it's a 20 millimeter eye relief. It's got video recording, no audio. Uh, you can control uh, the unit with a uh, with the infrared outdoor app on your phone or tablet, and you can record from there, and you can get audio if you're recording through the app. It uses a USB-C uh, connector to charge the batteries and to connect it to your computer, and uh, it's got a less than 10 second startup time. Uh, it's instant from standby. Mm. Uh, the weight, it's about 14.22 ounces, uh, so 14 ounces for both units. Um, it's got a removable, rechargeable battery. And if I can get uh, Hans, yeah. a.k.a. Vanna White, I want to see if he can pull one of these things out. It, it, let me just tell you. I pre-pulled it. Worst, <laughs> the worst thing ever is trying to pull batteries and put them back in on camera. Okay. It's every time you're going to fumble it. So yeah. if he did that good, then, pre then kudos it. to him. Yeah. Right. I was smart. pulled it. All right. Good, good. So that battery, um, they say six-plus hours. Well, folks, I'm going to tell you, we like to try to test these batteries and see what they really get. And uh, I charged that thing up, started it this afternoon, got my stopwatch going on my uh, on my phone, and I'll be dead gum 
it's it's pretty late and that thing was still <laughs> running so <laughs> i finally just it was flashing red so the right. battery was obviously getting close but i was at six and a half hours now that's perfect conditions sitting in my office you know room temperature just running and again there was still a little bit of battery uh so you know again six and a half plus hours i mean i don't know what it's probably going to be probably six hours and 45 minutes in the field that's obviously going to come down turning it off turning it on you know recording wi-fi all those things will bring that battery life down but that's very very respectable battery life i do like that um and the battery uh, that is a removable, replaceable, proprietary battery pack. Uh, those are available for $99. So if you need a spare battery, it is something you can buy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get it here to the prices here in just a minute. Uh, another big deal is that these are IPS 6-7 rated. That means that they are dustproof and they are fully waterproof, submersible mm-hmm. to three foot for 30 minutes. And the operating temperature range, which only matters to our northern friends, because uh, down here, we, well, I don't know, the, the, the high temperature range may matter to right, us, exactly. but it's uh, n- negative four up to 122. Yeah. Um, those are two temperatures that I don't plan to be out in, either one of them, yep. negative four or 122. <laughs> and uh, it, they both have the, uh, the five-year warranty that... Um, you know, IRA USA offers on these units. So five-year uh, bumper-to-bumper warranty. Now, pricing. That's the most important thing that I always forget. The CBL-19 is $17.99, and the CBL-25 is $20.99. So about $2,100 and $17.99 or $1,800. And Hans, that is about nice. everything I've got on these units. I don't know what I left off, but let's talk about them. Yeah, I want to show a couple things before we move on to ID ranges and all that. You, you mentioned the removable battery right here. It's kind of tucked away out of the way, but the fact that it is removable, rechargeable, I, I think is an awesome feature. So looking at the monocular, you know, it's got the nice fancy padded uh, hand strap there, but you've got the IP style focus. But here, here on the end, you're like, well, where's the objective lens focus? It's just, it's real. I mean, there's nothing there. It's actually under, it's like a little slide back and forth under the, the unit right here by the underneath the objective lens. It's different. Um, I thought it was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. There might be some people out there that didn't uh, really uh, uh, care for it, but I, I think it's kind of cool. And you got this little circle above the ejected lens. You're like, well, what the heck is that? It's an LED flashlight. <laughs> and when I first saw it, I was like, it's kind of goofy. Uh, but it, I will tell you, man, it's very, very handy. I mean, you always need a flashlight when you're out trying to get through a gate, walk in and Try not to fall in a hole, walking by a tree, whatever. You always need I, a light, and it's it is. I want to talk about this. It's light super real handy. Quick. Yeah, it's goofy. Yeah. It looks goofy, but it's it's super handy. It it is. I mean, the first thing I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to tell people this thing's got a light on it. This is so. I like didn't mention it. I was right. just like, you know, like whatever. It's it's I hadn't used it, so you know, I played with it in the office. Like whatever, I don't need a light. Right. Sold a couple of these things. And like these guys call back and like, you know, talking to them, you like the unit. Oh, I love the unit, whatever. You know, the best part, like what? The light. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Right. Like you didn't even mention it. And I was like, well, I didn't figure you were going to use a light. And they're like, no, man, think about it. 
you got a flashlight in your hand. Where's your monocular? It's on your hand. You need something in the bag, you know, in your hunting pack. You know, you drop something. What do you do? You got to look for a flashlight to then find it. Pull your phone out. Something's like, I got it right here. And I'm like, okay, fair point. So I've had several guys that have really like nerded out over the light. They really like it. And and it's focusable Uh and it has two brightness settings. So it's actually... Kind of cool. It's a good I mean, light. I have to admit that, it, yeah. that it's it's a usable light. It's I a mean, good it's, light. I always I'm notorious about forgetting to take a flashlight, but I never forget a monocular. So I've got yeah. both right there that I'm never going to forget or, or leave at home. But I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, other than that, it's a uh, you know the it, size of it, a daytime laser rangefinder right here in the palm of your hand. Yeah, it does have one more thing I need to mention, and this is the one thing I have to admit doesn't do anything for me, <laughs> but it does have a laser. So it's got a built-in uh, red yeah, laser, yeah, right and you can push these two buttons right here. Laser comes on, and, I, I mean, the only reason I guess you would ever use that is maybe if, you know, you had somebody with night vision with you that, you know, true, uh, you know, Gen 2, Gen 3 night vision, you are trying to show them where you were. I, I don't know. I don't know why you would use the laser, uh, especially if you got thermal. But anyway, there's a laser Man, built in. But the, the flashlight's need, way more usable. I'm going to need you to be more enthusiastic about this because I'm going to tell you, a laser on anything basically makes it a whole lot cooler. So you can put a laser on on just about anything, and it just automatically makes it much more awesomer. So well, then this up, is much thumbs more up awesomer. to the to the okay. laser. <laughs> Let's talk about ID ranges because uh, that's important uh, other than the price and everything else, the quality of it. ID range, how far can I see with it? And, you know, I would say the detection range is awesome, uh, but that really doesn't mean much to you. How far can you tell the the target animal of what you're hunting, whether it's a a coyote, a a hog, or whatever, you're trying to spot deer, you know, if you're pre, you know, doing some pre-hunts and deer management, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to tell you, these are, these are good. <laughs> the ID range They're is good. for for 384 resolution monoculars. The ID range is is uh, uh, is very very good, and we're being very conservative. I would say uh, in classic Jason form, uh, he he wanted to reel me back, and I and I lit him. But I would say, uh, you know, after <laughs> after talking about this, um, going over the things that we've done with it. Conservatively, I would say the the CBL nineteen. That's the the one point nine power. Um, that's going to be or or the two power. That's going to be uh, two hundred seventy five yard detect. Uh, um, sorry, <laughs> ID range. You know, being able to tell the difference between a coyote and a small deer or hog or whatever you're trying to look at. Um, the the CBL twenty five. That's going to be around three hundred. So we're going to say. 275 plus on the CBL 19. We're going to see say 300 plus on the CBL 25. And y'all are going to, I think y'all are going to get a little bit more out of it, but yeah, conservatively. Well, there's, and, listen, we've got the sham wow guy over here. He's already admitted to that. And then you've got, you know, the, the more conservative middle of the road who hated the sham wow guy, me, me over here. So no, I agree with those numbers. <laughs> I can't hate I, the sham wow guy. I, <laughs> Other than I think wasn't pers- like in person, like he was just not a really good person at all. Like I personally, I really don't. Remember. I think yeah, I, I think he was like in a lot of trouble for okay. some well, bad I don't decisions. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, well, but but so I, I think the two seventy five and three hundred is reasonable. And I want to be clear on something. That one one reason that we try to be conservative, and I really really do, is. Uh, 
everybody has a different experience. Mm-hmm. Everybody has different eyes. Everybody has different, you know, um, you know, experience out in the field. And so, you know, I had a guy on the phone the other day that was just really, really happy with his scope. And I would have said you could ID hogs and coyotes at four to 500 yards. I mean, this was a $6,000 scope. He was really, really happy. And he said he thought that he could probably ID out to 200, maybe 225 on a really, really good night. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. And I was like, you know, you you sure you can't get a little further than that? He's like, oh, no, no, you know. And I was like, I wanted to make sure something wasn't wrong with the scope. So my point is everybody has a little different take on, on what they can do. And so I like to be conservative, but man, I'm telling you, the image quality is really, really good. And, uh, you know, even before we did the show, I was out there with, with one of these units looking around and I was, uh, looking at at deer at 275 and I'm going, Oh yeah, (laughs) silly. I can tell what these are. So I do think it's conservative, but I also think, you know, conditions are going to play into that some as, as well as it is experience with thermal. We're, you know, and then that's what some people still don't understand how bad, uh, some weather conditions can affect these because I, you know, you talk mm. to people and I'm like, man, I had this 640 resolution monocular out and I couldn't see a hundred yards. Well, it, you know, as yeah. most of you know, and if some of you don't, uh, weather conditions affect this, whether it be high humidity, high dew point, uh, you know, obviously rain, fog, uh, snow. Yeah. I mean, anything really having to do with moisture. If it's a, you know, and I always know if I'm driving around, I'm like, oh man, it's a sunny day today, not a cloud in the sky. I usually know at night the picture image is going to be pretty good. And if it's cloudy during the day and cloudy at night, it's going to be not as great than it's going to be on a clear day. So, you know, keep that in mind, any, any conditions where uh, any type of moisture is being held, uh, you know, down close to the ground level, it's going to affect it really. It can, depending on how bad it is, it can cut that back a, a big percentage of the picture quality. So taking that all into account, we do feel comfortable with the, ID ranges, like we said, CBL 19, uh, 275 plus, and CBL 25, that's uh, uh, 300 plus, depending on the weather conditions. But they are, I mean, the, the ID ranges for some 640, uh, I'm sorry, for some 384 resolution monoculars are are really good. I mean, I, I think really it, good. we were, I think we were both kind of surprised about it. Not not in a bad way, you know, thinking that they were going to be worse, but no, they, they I think, exce- exceeded our expectations in that regard. Yeah. So I want to, I want to just spin off of here. Hans was talking about weather conditions. And so I kind of want to get into some of the things, uh, you know, what I really like about the unit and bring up a couple of things that maybe we don't like, or, you know, mm-hmm. Hans always leaves that to me. He likes everything. And then let, let's me say what I don't I only like, like to but give good news. We, I don't like to give bad. Exactly. News. <laughs> yeah. Ex- well, sham wow guys. So <laughs> I, I like to do this because there is, uh, I don't think there's any perfect optic optic out there, and we can always find something that we'd like to improve uh, normally on an optic. And, you know, I, I like people to, to know, I mean, hey, it's not all sunshine. There may be something that I wish was different, and uh, it's not just to throw rocks for, you know, the reason of throwing rock. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, let's just be honest. If there's something we'd like to change, we'll, we'll bring it up here. So I want to go over some of these things. And, you know, I want to just spin off of what Hans was talking about, humidity and bad mm-hmm. conditions, whatever. So I've been out with this unit 
in bad conditions. And when I mean bad conditions, what I mean is this. We had some days where, you know, it was, I mean, it's right now, it's winter time. Mm -hmm. We had some days where it was getting up in the 70s. It was, like he said, overcast, dreary all day, that misty, Mm. nasty, doesn't know if it's raining or not. I mean, it's just (laughs) the worst all day. So you know that night things are going to look bad. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's, it's about as bad as you can imagine. And, uh, I mean, besides maybe just actual raining right. at that point. Well, I got out that night with the CBL-19 as well as a couple other monoculars from some different manufacturers and just looking at them side by side. And that's something Hans and I like to do. I mean, it really helps us keep us in check mm-hmm. of, you know, if you just look at one thing and that's all you know and that's all you're doing, but you got to put it by everything else to kind of see where it ranks. And so I was doing that and I was shocked. The the image quality on this iRay was or infrared was really, really good in these mm-hmm. bad conditions. I mean, mm-hmm. compared to what I was expecting and compared to what I was seeing out of some of these other optics, it was fantastic. Now, in reality, it's not a huge surprise if you've heard our reviews of some of the other infrared and iRay products their thermal imaging sensor just does really, really good in those conditions. I mean, that's one of the things that they're known for. And so I was very impressed. High humidity. Um, I'm going to go over some of these, Hans, and I'm going to come back to you and let you see if I left anything out. Um, I like the fact that you got a removable, rechargeable battery. Again, I Mm -hmm. think it's very affordable. 99 bucks to get, you know, Again, on the bench, Mm -hmm. six hours, maybe in the field, uh, that's going to be, I don't know, five. If it's Mm -hmm. cold weather, really cold, I don't know. It's going to bring that down, obviously, but I think that's fair. One thing I always like, and uh, I know sometimes Hans kind of just, you know, grins at me and like I'm special, but I really like padded hand straps. (laughs) I think this is a big deal on handheld monoculars. You're like, and the here's guy, you're like the guy that's like, the salesman selling a truck. He's like, hey, and look, it's got two extra cup holders in the back seat. <laughs> and Jason's like, oh my gosh, I got to have it. This yeah. truck's got two extra cup it, holders in the back anybody seat. Anybody <laughs> that goes anywhere with a wife and two kids knows that those two extra cup oh, holders man. are better than a, than a spilled water in the back seat. So look, here's the reason that, that I am a fan. So, all right, here's the deal. This is the padded hand strap. Now, if you're just holding this thing, all right, you just got this unit with no padded hand strap, like a lot of monoculars. All night, this is what you're doing. You're grabbing this thing. You are flexing your muscles. You are holding it because you don't want to drop it. You got a padded hand strap in this thing. Now I can hold it. I don't have to do anything. Upside down. I mean, I'm palming it. It is, I can loosely hold this thing. I can walk around. I don't have to worry about dropping it, gripping it. My hand doesn't get tired. You just throw your hand down at the side and, you know, you're palming it. It's, I mean, all joking aside, Hans knows what I'm talking about. It is very, very comfortable Mm -hmm. to carry a monocular all night long with a padded hand strap. It's just really, really nice. Um, So I like that. We've already talked about the light. You know, I, I really do like the light as well. Image quality. Really, really good for the value for the dollar. I mean, I think for the price, um, it's it's very solid. Uh, obviously, we like the five-year warranty 
And, you know, I think think that's, you know, obviously a big deal. Mm-hmm. You can get a, a five-year warranty in this price range for a unit. So those are my just quick rundown on my list of pros. Yeah. Do you have anything that I left off of that? I think you hit all the major ones. Uh, and I will agree the padded hand strap is nice. It is a really nice uh, padded hand strap, too. It's not a cheap little <laughs> nasty one. Yeah, it's a, it's, nice it's, it's, it is a nice padded, padded hand strap. I, I'll say, obviously, the removable battery, I'll... I'll Go ahead and, and reiterate that. That's a that's a big deal. The removable battery, six plus hours of runtime. When you hold this uh, this cabin monocular, it feels well built, put together, doesn't it? It just feels yeah, like rigid or, or rugged. It, it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, solid. It's solid. Yeah. And there's something I don't know exactly what this is, but this material yeah. that's on the the kind of the sides and the bottom here. Yeah. I don't know what it it's like is, but it's kind of it's kind of a yeah, some kind of a right. rubber coating that feels good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's I don't know, I like it. Yeah. I mean, it does. It feel it feels very solid, well built. Now I'm going to transition that and spin that off into a little bit of a couple of things that I would change on it if I had a magic wand. I do think at 14 ounces, it's a little heavy. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, this thing's solid. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it. There's a pro and a con to this. So it feels substantial. It feels quality. It feels solid. All those things Han's saying, and I think part of that is because it's not super lightweight. So it's, I mean, you know what I mean? So <laughs> if it was nice super lightweight, I'd be like, well, it doesn't feel as solid. Yeah. So, you know, I, it, I, I'm, you know, I, I, it's a catch 22. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't think it's crazy heavy, mm-hmm. but I do think it, it, you know, 14 ounces, it's a little on the heavier yeah. side. I mean, I, to be be honest, I hadn't thought about it much until I read the specs, mm-hmm. and I was like, huh, 14 ounces. I mean, that is pretty close to a pound. Yeah. So it's a little on the bigger side, or, or heavier side, I should say. Um, this is a, look, we nitpick. That's what we're here for. We're trying to find the negatives. This is minor, mm-hmm. but I have done this over and over and over. But there's something about the shape. I'm going to show this thing, all right? So it's it's narrower at the top mm-hmm. and it's wider at the bottom. That feels backwards to me. So I pick this thing up upside down every time I pick it up. So when it's upside down, it's upside down and backwards. Cause now I mean, you know, I've got the, the it, exactly. it, but I've done it over and over multiple times. I, and I'll just, you know, you get used to it, but go ahead. When I first started showing this thing, when you were running the specs, I was holding it upside down <laughs> and I realized that I was, holding it, yeah, I was holding it upside down. I don't down. feel so bad. I'm glad you admitted that. Uh, because I was going to cut it out of the gonna... video, you know, for the podcast, but <laughs> now I've got to put it in there cause I mentioned it. So yeah, yeah. I, I was totally so, holding it upside down at the beginning, y'all. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, it doesn't matter, but it's yeah. been laying on my desk all day yeah, long today, yeah. and I keep picking it up to look through it. And what I found myself doing multiple times was, you know, I wasn't putting my hand into the hand strap, so I just pick it up and yeah. I look in there, and I'm yeah. like, it's upside down. Why is the screen upside yeah. down? Yeah. So anyway, that's we're we're nitpicking. Um, really, really like this unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you, I, I think Hans said it while ago. Uh, and I was afraid where he was going to go. He started off about, you know, it was better than we thought it was going to be. I was like, oh, great. We thought it was going to be junk. No, we didn't. But it really, it is a good unit. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it more than I thought that I would. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen a lot of monoculars 
in the last two or three years that are in this, you know, twelve, fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollar range, mm-hmm. and they've kind of run together. You right. know, there's been a lot of them, right. and and more than ever. I mean, that was a that was a price range you know that didn't even exist a few years ago, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like when these manufacturers figured out how to do it for this price, everybody jumped in and it's been a lot of good units and still are, but I was kind of thinking, Oh, it's just going to be another unit. But you know, I actually, I was just pleasantly surprised with what it is, everything about it. I think it's a good quality optic. Mm -hmm. Uh, One more thing I'm going to add on the, on the pros and I don't know. We're done with those. There's no, no more. Pros. I like the. I do like the zoom on the bottom. You you got it with you're holding it with your hand, in one hand, and it's so easy to to use that that um, the magnification. I'm not not zoom, but the the uh, oh focus, focus at focus. the bottom. Yeah, it's I'm so sorry. easy to do yeah. while you're holding it. You can sit there and just turn that thing and focus it at the bottom. I I don't know. I think it's different. It's kind of cool. I, I kind of like it. It's kind of handy. I, I'll be honest. It's growing at first. On me. <laughs> It's growing on me. At first, I was like, I hate this. What is this? Why is it here? But but here's the thing. Yeah. Um, even if, which I was kind of thinking, this is just shows you how dumb I am. I was thinking like, well, man, now I got to use two hands. Well, you got to use two hands if you're focusing mm-hmm. it with a ring mm-hmm. on the front, you know? And exactly. so it y- your other hand on a normal optic would, would go up here in the front. You'd have a right. focus ring. Right. This is actually... I, I agree. I feel like you can reach underneath there while you're holding the unit. You're holding steady. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's yeah. at first I was like, "What is it?" But no, I don't. I don't think it's bad at all. Hey, I'm going to mention this because people always ask me. Um, this unit has a tripod jack. It a lot does. of people ask that about different. I mean, and they almost all monoculars do, but a lot of people ask. They want to mount it on, you know, maybe a tripod uh, while they're, you know, standing there, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it does have a tripod, yeah. Jack, just in case you were concerned about that. Um, I had a guy ask me another question. He said, hey, can I put this thing on a lanyard? You know, is there some way to put it on a lanyard? My answer to that is yes. So if you want to wear a lanyard with this, what I would suggest is um, tying, clipping in, whatever you want to do it, just here on the hand strap. If you don't want the hand strap on there at all, you can take that off. There's a couple little, you know, metal well, D-rings look, there. But look to the, you know, look to the left of the battery. See those little slots? That's exactly where you can loop a lanyard through. Well, there you go. I didn't even see those. Man alive. <laughs> there you go. So you can loop a little That's bitty tiny deal the through bucks, there. Right? You do. That's why. But I do want to say this. In my opinion, these kind of units around your neck you know, it's, it's, it's pretty big and heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I say that about a lot of monoculars. Right. Um, if, if it's winter time and you got a big coat, like I got this collar here on this vest, you know, it keeps that from cutting into you. If you got a padded coat, that thing is not when you're like walking, it's not bouncing and just hitting your chest over mm-hmm. and over. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think in the winter, I could see where you could wear it around a lanyard and be fine. I think in the summer, if you're out there in a t-shirt, uh, I think, you know, that oh, lanyard is yeah. going to rub your neck. Yeah. And I think this thing's going to bounce on your chest. And I think it's probably going to bother you. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I say that about most you know, heavier <laughs> monoculars. Yeah, exactly. But but anyway, uh, so I just wanted to mention that, that you can. Um, I, I do think overall good design. Uh, the battery life I'm really happy about. I think that's a very, very reasonable battery life. Uh, again, for a removable battery. If you ever get in a bind out there. 
and let's say you don't have a spare battery, you don't have it with you, and the battery goes dead, or it's getting there, all you got to do, you can go to your, your uh, USB-C mm-hmm. port here. You know, you can plug in a cord there, right. and you can run it, you know, or charge it off of a USB battery pack. You know, everybody's got those things laying around. Uh, so that is something, if you get in a bind and you're concerned about that, uh, you can use that. Yeah. So, y'all, there, there's a lot of monocular choices, and they're growing all the time. We've got uh, some new ones that we talked about in our SHOT Show uh, episode, you know, the, some new ones coming out there. We've got uh, binoculars that we haven't reviewed yet that we're uh, intending to re- review very soon. We still got uh, some good binoculars that have been on the market for quite a long time that are very, very good sellers. Uh, these two cabin models adds uh, two good choices into the mix, but also it could be some confusion as far as what you should get, what's best for the money, what's best for your application. The best thing to do, uh, if you're interested in purchasing a monocular, which I, I obviously we talk, I probably talk more about monoculars these days than anything else because people wanting to buy a monocular just for scouting, or if you want to buy a monocular to uh, a company, a night vision scope, or if you want to jump, you know, head deep into it and get a, a thermal scope and a monocular, uh, give us a call. We're we're here to help. We're here to make the the right suggestion for you. Uh, you can always call and talk to me or Jason uh, at 877-350-1818. You can always find all of this stuff on the website, OutdoorLegacyGear.com. You know, we appreciate any business uh, that we get, uh, and and we try to show you with our customer service the difference in what we provide over uh, what some of the other companies will provide or somebody that you randomly meet on the internet. Uh, but I tell people all the time because, I, and I'm going to say it here before we close, um, people say, well, what if I buy a scope and I have a problem with it? Um, my response to that is that's why it's important to buy from a good reputable, reputable dealer. Because if you have an issue with your scope, your first call should always be to your dealer, the person or and the company that you bought the scope from. Um, because there's a lot of times Jason and I, we can diagnose and fix a lot of issues on the phone without even having to give up or send in your your scope or your monocular so you're you're not left without one for a while while it's being fixed. A lot of times we can we can get those problems resolved on the phone. And well, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just want to say this. So it's not necessarily that we're fixing a problem. It might just be that there's not a problem and exactly. there's a confusion That's on right. how it's working or, or maybe there's, you know, you hit the wrong button or in your wrong setting yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So some of these yeah, things are not confusing. that we can it's very. Yeah. yeah, they can be very confusing, especially if you're not used to thermal and, you know, it's a new optic and all that. So. Uh, I, uh, Hans, I'm going to let you go back to what you're saying. I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought, but I don't want people to think we can repair the <laughs> units, but yeah. a lot of times it's not really a repair that needs to be made, but that's the thing. I, and here's the deal. Guy called me this morning. He goes, Hey man, I've had this thing, you know, whatever, a couple months, I'm having this problem. And I go, Oh man, that's weird. You know, that's, I, I don't have an answer for that. It's definitely something like a defect. Hey, you need to contact the manufacturer. Here's how you get a hold of them. Now, at that point, my hands are tied. He's definitely got to deal with them. They're the only people that can repair it. But I can at least point him in the right direction. And he has the confidence to know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not, it's not just something I'm doing, right? I mean, this thing's really messed up. I mean, there's something wrong with it. Yeah, there's something messed up with it. Okay, no problem. So anyway, that's all I was going to say. Right, yeah. So if you, you know, your call should, if you have a question or a concern, your first call should be to your dealer. 
uh, where, like Jason said, if it's whoever you bought it from, if like Jason said, if you if there's something you can't figure out or you feel like there might be an issue, sometimes we can uh, shed some light on it and 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 not fix something, but show you that it's not really an issue. It's just sure. another way to do something. Now, uh, also your dealer though, uh, a good reputable reputable dealer will help facilitate and and show you the process of returning an optic. I will say this. If in the past you've done business uh, with a company or a person and you bought something and you said, no, nah, I can't really bug them about it or they're not going to know how to fix it or anything or they're not going to know what to do, I can't call them, then I'm going to invite you to investigate and try to find another dealer. <laughs> and we hope that that <laughs> dealer is us uh, because we, if there is something wrong with the scope, if you feel like there's an issue or if you feel like you have questions, um, we have an open door and an open phone policy. We want you to call us. So 877-350-1818, outdoorlegacygear.com. You can uh, check out all of our past episodes, all 196 previous to this on the latenightvisionshow.com. You can also, also find Jason over at uh, Facebook, on Instagram, Outdoor Legacy. Uh, you can also follow and find him on YouTube as well, Outdoor Legacy. And you can find me on YouTube I just uh, completed my review of the the Bearing Optics Super Hawkster, and man, that video is getting a ton Super of views. Super Yoder. What I say? Not the Hawkster. The oh, Yoder. They're so close in name. <laughs> Super Yoder. You're exactly right because that, that they look for the Hawkster, they'd see how old that thing was. No, but the Super That's Yoder right. is done really good. It's got a lot of views. Uh, so thank you all for watching it, and uh, you can find me hanging out on Instagram, of course. Hans Etx. That's H A N S Etx. Thank you always, and thank you all for listening. All right, folks, we hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, again, if you're looking for uh, one of the cabins, the CBL 19, the CBL 25, or maybe you don't know what you're looking for. You just got questions. Uh, you want to you know, know how these, how these units compare to others on the market. Maybe you're looking for thermal or night vision optic, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, as Hans said, give us a call. We would love to earn your business. Uh, love to deal with you and try to help you in any way that we can. 877-350-1818, OutdoorLegacyGear.com. We will, good Lord willing, Creek Don't Rise, be back here again next week. Uh, episode number what? What will that be? We're, 198. We're yeah. 198. I think, right, I, I think so. on episode, so we're. Oh, I've already gosh. been thinking about it, my Oh, my boy. assistant, my wife, has kind of even feed me some ideas. But I think for the 200th episode, I think that you and I need to play some clips from our very, not our very first podcast. So when we started the podcast, we didn't do video. We just did audio. But I think we need to play just a few clips from our first uh, episode. I think it was episode four where we actually started recording on video and all that. I think we need to show the audience a little bit of those mm. clips from uh, that I, long ago. I think they would... I think what they would see is is that we were younger, yeah, skinnier, yeah. and less gray. And less gray, <laughs> and uh, I'm in a completely different. I my backgrounds have switched a lot. Jason's has <laughs> pretty much been the same. I went back and looked Probably at it, so. and <laughs> it's pretty close to the same. But uh, but anyway, it is. Uh, we, I think we need to show a little bit of that for the well, two the we'll, two hundred we'll, episode. We'll see. We haven't, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Hey, listen, all, all joking aside, we hope to see y'all again here next week. Uh, remember, uh, subscribe on YouTube or uh, if you're on one of the uh, podcast apps, do the same thing uh, there so you never miss an episode. Between now and then, y'all stay safe in the fields and keep making those bacon pancakes. <laughs>